Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. Hey, Ken, can a thing be in two places at the same time? Can something be here now and a million miles away a second from now? Uh, no. Uh, maybe maybe God. Maybe something really big that's spread out throughout the universe. Yeah, think small, really small. Electron, photon, quark, gluon. Oh, but those things are really small. They're too small to be in more than one place. They're just little tiny point things. Yeah, but quantum reality is really weird. Electron could be here now and on the other side of Alpha Centauri in a second from now. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it's an affront to common sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. So much the worse for common sense. Quantum mechanics rules. Common sense drools. It's the strange world of quantum reality when philosophy talk continues after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 KALW, Loco and Innovative Public Radio for San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at that lovely place, Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus where abstract thought and coffee rule the day. Yeah, and from there, via some kind of quantum flux, they migrate to the air, and from the air, via another quantum flux, they migrate to our blog, theblog.philosophytalk.org. Now, Ken, I know that you, like me, has been uh, studying quantum mechanics. Well, not exactly studying quantum mechanics, but... Reading readable books about skimming quantum mechanics. the surface yeah, of quantum the surface. mechanics, and you know the first amazing thing about this is that we can know uh, we, in the broad sense, can know anything at all about things so little that we can't even see them or smell them or feel them. We just have to infer it all from their little traces on a cloud chamber. Well, that is a weird stuff, but that doesn't really distinguish quantum physics from, say, classical physics, because that was, in the end, about little tiny stuff and how it added up to big stuff, too. But this quantum stuff is really weird. I mean, sometimes a quantum thing begin, behaves like a wave, and sometimes it behaves like a particle, and, and you can't really say it's wave or particle. It's kind of both. And, and as I understand it, which isn't much, when you observe it or even measure it, there's something called the collapse of the wave function, and it goes from being described in a wave-like way to appearing as a particle. That that yeah. makes no sense to I me mean, whatsoever. Well, right. What do you think about a particle? You know, it's moving around on a definite trajectory, and it, if it collides with something, it hits it at a definite place. But but you know, you do this experiment where you got two slits and you you pass a photon through a, a divider, right? And so you make two photons and send one off that way and one off that way, and then they reflect it onto the wall. And you know what you'll get? You'll get an interference pattern. Waves have interference patterns. But just change that setup just a little bit. Put on one of the routes, say the right route, a detector that detects whether a photon's coming this way or that way. And you know what you'll get? You'll say, oh, if it detects a photon over here, the interference pattern will disappear, and it'll be like it, it hit the wall at a determinate place. And so, I mean, when you detect it, it's no longer a wave, and when you don't detect it, it's a wave. It's weird stuff. You know, Ken, I mean, frankly, it'd be okay with me if the world of little tiny particles wants to be, or little tiny waves or whatever, can't make up its mind what it is, and it wants to just mess around however it goes, as long as it stays there real little and beyond my senses. But how, how does that complete weirdness at the level of quantum particles keep from percolating up to the level of things like you and I. I mean, if, if a little dealy can't, a little photon can't make up its mind whether it's a wave or a particle, does that mean we could have a cat that couldn't make up his mind whether it was alive or dead? Well, that's a darn good question, is because we're all just made of this quantum stuff, so whatever is true of us has to be true and because of the quantum stuff we're made of. But you know what? 
to answer your question, our roving philosophical reporter, Amy Standen, she went out and talked to an expert in quantum physics. She files this report. So here's why quantum mechanics is such a mind bender. Scientists have shown that the tiniest quantum particles do a very strange thing. They can be in more than one place at the same time. Now, the world is made up of these strange particles, but when you put them together into a loaf of bread or a person, for instance, to our eyes, they look perfectly normal. But how can we do one thing if our parts do something entirely different? Quantum mechanics is telling us that reality is just fundamentally, uh, ultimately different from the way we perceive it to be. Michael Strevens teaches the philosophy of science at NYU. We see things in particular places all the time, and yet, according to quantum mechanics, uh, in some sense, that really is a total misrepresentation. One way to think of this is with an imaginary experiment known as Schrodinger's cat. Here's how it goes. Put a cat in a box with a quantum particle that's hooked up to a sensor. If the particle is in one place, the sensor releases a poison gas and the cat dies. If the particle is in another place, the cat lives. But remember, we're dealing with quantum mechanics here, which means that the particle is in both places. So what happens to the cat? If quantum mechanics is correct, then it appears that it's physically possible to put the cat into a state where it's neither alive nor dead, but in some unholy combination of those two states. The problem, of course, is that no one's ever seen a cat in that state. In our world, objects are either in one place or another. It's why we can say exactly where the Empire State Building is, for example, or whether a door is open or shut. But if quantum mechanics is true, then the way that things look is not the same as the way that they really are. There's two things here that are mind-boggling. One is the fact the cat can get into the state in the first place, and the other is the fact that just by looking at it, we can get it back out of the state. It's as though nature is constantly, every time we turn our backs, nature makes a terrible mess, and then if we turn around, no matter how fast we might, it cleans up after itself, and there it is, just whistling and smiling and looking innocent. And we know, we know because we can create little traps for nature, as long as we deal with only a few small particles at a time, that it's making these messes. But we can't catch it on the fly and actually see the mess with our own eyes, only with these scientific instruments. So the instruments tell us this craziness is going on, but we never actually get to see it for ourselves. Many theories try to explain this. Maybe the cat is alive in one universe and dead in another. Or maybe it's our own conscious observation which makes the cat snap into a state of being dead or being alive. One of the interesting things about quantum mechanics is it's so resistant to any kind of sensible solution to its paradoxes. Every one of these options has something about it that makes you want to go on looking. I, I'm really excited and optimistic that something very important about the way the world works will be discovered in the next 20 or 30 or 40 years. That will make sense of a lot of this, and uh, all of the paradoxes of quantum mechanics are just a sign that this still remains to be discovered. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.